from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 1063. And we are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. So, yes, it's the NFL Combine right now, and we spent a lot of this week talking about the Major League Baseball lockout. And uh, it's Friday, and I'm the one who hosts this show with his name on the show, so I get to call the shots around here, and I wanted to talk college football. And you know what? We're going to talk college football, and we're going to bring in a guy who I think is actually the single best college football content creator out there, period, from 247 Sports. He hosts the Late Kick with Josh Pate, the Late Kick pod. You see him on CBS Sports. Josh Pate with us here on Ken Levick Alive. Josh, thanks for taking some time with us. Appreciate you. Man, I appreciate the intro. If I didn't feel good about myself this morning, I do now. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to build people up today. That's what I'm doing. I I, I want to ask you uh, just what we started the show with here, because I think I, I've turned into pure conspiracy theorist. I saw a red flag yesterday, and I think it's a sign. Tom Brady's coming back. He's not retired. Uh, Tampa's going to do something with him. Uh, do you want to, just from a pure football standpoint, because I'm totally done with Brady. I'm petty. I don't want to see him anymore. I recognize his greatness. I'm ready for the next generation. You as a football fan, do you want to see Brady playing next year? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. I don't mind the pettiness, you know, because I know 50 years from now, God willing, I'm still alive. And uh, Tom Brady, I don't know. Tom Brady may still be alive at that point, too. But I think down the road, I don't remember the way it happened at the end. I don't remember all the in the weeds details. I just remember. All right, I got to watch him X number of years. Like, I want to be able to, I want to be the person who brags to younger kids and say, I got to watch that guy. Yeah. I feel the same way about Nick Saban. I don't care how Nick Saban handles the end of his career. I just want to be able to say, I watched him, and I would like to prolong that for as long as I can. So, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I can ignore it. I can turn the blind shoulder to it. Uh, actually, you turned my pettiness into your own pettiness, and I sort of like that. That was a really good move on your part. I'm going to, uh, going to read you the following names, and, uh, uh, I, I just, uh, there, there's a purpose for this. Uh, Mario Cristobal, Ed Reed, Jason Taylor, Josh Gaddis, Kevin Steele, Kevin Smith, Alex Mirabal, Charlie Strong, Ed Pata. Those names make me really tingly. Frank Ponce. Uh, and so this is, this is the Miami staff now. Uh, Josh, are we talking about one of the best staffs in America in Coral Gables right now? Yeah, and also when you're talking about uniquely what Miami needs, I guess technically you could nitpick and you could find a few additions and subtractions to make to make it the perfect staff, but that's about as good as Mario Cristobal. In fact, that's better than what the best case fans probably thought Mario Cristobal was going to pull off was with his staff because they, you know, they, they've got a very unique situation down there. If I were to put together this staff at Nebraska, it'd be impressive, but it wouldn't mean what it means in South mm-hmm. Florida. So the task is clear; like everyone gets what the game is. You've got to recruit down there. You've got to reestablish that brand. And what you get to do with that staff is you don't just have to take this vision out. Like a lot of times when you get a new program and you're overturning staff, they don't have anything to sell. So they have to just take a vision out on the recruiting trail. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, this staff here, some of them played there, multiples played there, and every one of them you just mentioned either is intimately familiar with the grind and recruiting or they flat out know South Florida like the back of their hand. Yep. And what I, I know at times Mario struggled with at Oregon was having guys on his staff that really didn't fully embrace that grind like he did. 
and it, it led to butting of heads every now and then. Well, you notice with this staff, he put an emphasis on finding guys who he doesn't have to worry about that aspect of it with. And there are several guys on that staff who have coached under Saban. Gaddis has done the Saban and Harbaugh thing. Those are two what I call 25-hour-a-day guys. And so he doesn't have to worry about all that. And you get the best of both worlds because you get the grind and you also get the ability to recruit. So they don't have to sell a vision. They can sell proven results, and they're doing it with guys who know the area intimately. And you've got, as a head coach, one of the best in the game to begin with. So, yeah, make you feel that kind of way i wouldn't even apologize for it uh josh my uh my co-host producer stone labanowitz does have a bone to pick with you uh though go ahead stone yeah we kind of set you up there josh all right because on late kick josh has paid college football's best coaching hires for 22 all that jazz you just talked about those canes you put lincoln riley in usc at the number one spot and I've heard your explanation why, but, I mean, you said your reasoning was going to be based off of the, coach, the entirety of the coaching staff. So I know you've made this list prior to, you know, this coaching staff list filling up, but explain why USC is at number one and Mario Cristobal is at number two. Yeah, so it was a splitting of hairs, but what they've already done at USC is they've shown the ability to get elite quarterback play in the house. They did it immediately. With Kate, well, almost immediately with Caleb Williams. So if that's a 51-49, 49-51 kind of deal, that was enough to put me over the ledge. I also, I just don't think that there, I'm not saying there's downside, certainly to Miami staff. I don't think there's any aspect of what USC brought in that isn't a grand slam, again, relative to what they needed. It's kind of the same deal where Mario Cristobal, his staff, they uniquely fit like a puzzle piece with Miami. I feel like Lincoln Riley, in retrospect, was kind of a, kind of a fish out of water in Oklahoma. He feels like Southern Cal to me. Yeah. And so that's, that's where it was. It's no, it's no strong lean either way. It's not like it would shock me if either one of them surpassed the other. That's fair. It, see, uh, did you get your answer, Stone? I most, now? I most definitely right, did, except good. for the fact he didn't mention Tyler Van Dyke and, and his ceiling. But, no, but that good. was Great acquired. Answer. That was acquired. Of course. Uh, Josh Pate, again, the late kick uh, with Josh Pate, 247 Sports, the late kick pod. You see him on CBS Sports. Uh, and, and, Josh, full disclosure, I'm the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic, so I actually am very familiar with Kevin Smith. I'm very familiar and always checking in on Lane Kiffin uh, at Ole Miss. I'm curious, what do you think Lane's ceiling is at Ole Miss? what that program ceiling is. I was really worried about them coming off the end of last season because, you know, you guys watched up the road a good ways in Gainesville last year. You watched a guy in Dan Mullen try to leave for the NFL. Didn't latch on anywhere. Yep. And he had to try and go from 0 to 80 again from a standstill. He never could do it. And he was done. Well, Lane Kiffin, you know, it was kind of known behind the scenes. He was putting feelers out every which way but Sunday trying to get himself – maybe an upgrade in head coaching positions and get out of Oxford. Not that he hates it there. He just doesn't view it as a top-rung ladder job. And he didn't do it. And I was very concerned about that. But then he got himself just home run after home run acquisition from the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. And to give you an idea of what I mean, and let me back it up with a, a number here, they, I think, at last check, they've added 12 kids from the transfer portal. And nine of those 12 were, we, at least at 24-7, we had graded as top seven at their respective positions. So not only did they just fill with quantity, but they also got really good quality there. And chief among them was getting Jackson Dart, the quarterback from Southern California, because, I mean, they're replacing a first-round caliber talent, at least, in Matt Corral. So I, I'm not saying my concern is alleviated, because it's never alleviated when you're having to rebuild on the fly in the SEC West. Think about this, by the way. I talked about this on the show last night. It's the only division in college football 
where you legitimately have three different programs that you could say have tier one expectations. What I mean by that is LSU, A&M, and Alabama, fan bases and the nation will expect them, given their current setup, to contend for the playoff every year. I didn't even list Ole Miss. I didn't even list Arkansas. I didn't even list Auburn. So they got to play those cats every year. You can't afford to let your foot off the gas. So I'm not saying my concerns are totally alleviated, but I guess they were eased a little bit with how good they did in the portal. I, I want to ask you, because you had Saban on very recently on uh, on the late kick, and uh, I know you've been doing this for a long time. Is there still a moment before you talk with Nick Saban where <laughs> you start to get a little nervous, you start to feel a little uh, intimidated when Nick Saban, you're staring him down in the camera? I actually enjoy it. Um, I don't have that, but I'll tell you why I don't have it. He has never given anybody a reason to be fearful or intimidated or, or nervous about interviewing him. If you just if you put together logic-based questions, if you talk to him on a level he respects, you don't have anything to worry about. In fact, there's quickly a mechanism. He, he switches in his own head where when he realizes, all right, this is a person I can take seriously, he'll joke around with you, he'll laugh with you. And it's, I'm not saying it's like talking to people on Meemaw, but it certainly, <laughs> it, it certainly is not like the dude that you've seen in the YouTube clips and whatnot. So I've always enjoyed it. Some of the best times that I've had in our business is the before and after recording when you get a few minutes with him just off the record. Like, that stuff's golden. I'm, I mean, I'm, I consider myself still pretty new in our business. I don't care how long I'm around. That will be like a pinnacle moment of my career, and you kind of know it in real time. So I've always enjoyed having on. Josh, i got to ask. Um, I know you're a 24-7 guy, and, I, and, and this guy, I have to ask about Cormani McLean, the number one corner in the country out of Lake Gibson. Just where do you think he lands, and who do you think is at the top of his list? I know you guys have them all listed at warm, whether it's whether it's Bama, Florida, Miami, Michigan, or Ohio State. I mean, I've seen him play personally down here in Fort Lauderdale at a lot of these seven-on-seven tournaments, and I've camped, and I know his coaches pretty well and stuff. But where does this kid end up, and where is he leaning? Has there been any buzz? There's been buzz, but here's the way I've chosen to approach that, and there's a helicopter approaching, so just never mind the sound overhead. <laughs> so the way I've chosen to approach that is, since you've got new staff in the house at Miami and Florida, and I really don't know what to think of the staff at Florida State, I've taken the approach with a lot of those South Florida kids of, I'm going to totally ignore any of the buzz until midway through this fall, when rubber starts to meet road a little bit in recruitment, and those new staffs have gotten a chance to sink their teeth into those respective recruitments a little bit, that's when I'm going to start putting stock, at least, into what I've heard. So, so I've anecdotally heard pretty much every team you just listed yeah. be mentioned with her. I don't know how serious to take any of it, if I'm just being real with you. Uh, did, did you see Crystal Ball at Lake Gibson the other day at their banquet talking to the team? I thought it was odd. I've never seen something like that happen before. But Crystal Ball took the private jet to Lake Gibson and spoke to the high school team and, and, and hosted their banquet, kind of. Yeah, and if you'll notice, he did not take the private jet alone. So there's a big emphasis, and I think that's Polk County. I believe that's where that is, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. It is. is that right? Yeah, okay. So um, it doesn't take too long of a search on 247sports.com to see which five-star talent resides in Polk County right now. I love it because it's, it's so clear they're not scrambling. Right? It's, it's not like they're walking into a tornado every day trying to sort themselves out. they got a pretty good initial plan. They know what they need to do. They're trying to shake things up. I expect some form of that from Napier staff at Florida, too. Like, they know they have a shakeup on the recruiting front. Let's see how we go about it. Now, you're seeing how Mario's going to go about it. still kind of remains to be seen with Florida. But, no, that didn't surprise me at all. I don't think they want to relegate themselves just to the South Florida recruiting zone. They, they certainly want to own that and put a primary emphasis on that. But 
you know, if, if you got quarterback talent, if you got premier skill perimeter talent that's in Georgia or in uh, the Carolinas, I think they want to be able to have at the least a strong regional recruiting net. Uh, Josh Pate again, the late kick with Josh Pate. Catch it uh, two four seven Sports on YouTube. Late kick pod, CBS Sports. Joining us here on Ken Levick Alive and a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. WUUB Jupiter ESPN one zero six three. So uh, I wanna I wanna ask you about this. Uh, Ten years from now, most likely to be at his school still. Taking all things into account. Cristobal at Miami, Norvell at Florida State, or Napier at Florida in terms of recruiting prowess, loyalty, ability to coach, win over fan bases. Who do you think has the longest staying power of the big three in this state? I, I have to go Mario Cristobal. Uh, number one, we can, I can only judge how winnable the conference is going to be based on what we have currently. And certainly the ACC is a more gentle path relative to what Napier would face in the SEC uh, you normally have a little bit longer rope in the ACC than you do in the SEC. And then thirdly, you know, l- let's just hope it never comes to this, but if things were to start to go sideways, let's just say worst-case scenario starts to play out, just because he's Mario Cristobal, because of the factors that brought him there and the individuals in some cases that stepped up and brought him there, I think he probably has one to two years extra length on his rope than even someone else would have. And so with all those factors sure. in mind, not to mention the possibility he could just win and then set himself up for life, period. I'd have to go Mario Cristobal. I don't have to think that long about that one, actually. And I don't doubt Napier, but, yeah, if you're making me pick one over the other, that's got to be Cristobal. Josh, i got to say, you are high on the Canes. I love it. Like, I, I'm eating this up. I'm all for it. Stone's over here. Just, I, I mean, he is he is on cloud nine. But I, I have not heard. I mean, there's obviously the, the Canes fandom and Canes Twitter that's always going to be, hey, we're the best brand, we're the you, but you are legitimately high on Miami's chances here with Cristobal. Yeah, well, I want you to think about it like this. So, I, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I could be wrong, but if I'm wrong, I want someone to give me some logic-based reasoning why I shouldn't expect them to, at the very least, I think have the best talent roster in the ACC by 2024. Because the way I look at it, there are some things you don't even have room to doubt. Like, you don't doubt they're going to recruit well. That would be foolish based on history alone. Right. And then there's the second thing in play, which is I think Miami may be right next to Southern California, ironically. We were just talking about it. Miami may be the best positioned major Power 5 program in America to benefit from the intersection of NIL and the transfer portal. NIL because of the limitless opportunity you have down there. And the transfer portal, I thought about this the moment they changed the portal. There's so much talent any given year in South Florida. Some of it stays home. A lot of it leaves home. Well, in any given cycle, when kids enter that portal, you're going to have a lot of South Florida kids in the portal by default. And a lot of them just want to go closer to home. It didn't work out wherever they went. Miami could just be a random landing spot for kids you missed in the recruiting trail the first time around two years ago that just want to come home. And so, like, think about how many factors are setting up to benefit them. And I just ask, okay, how are you going to counter that? Why shouldn't I believe that they're going to have a loaded roster, which it takes. Like I'm not saying they, I'm not saying that guarantees the five star meal. I'm just saying when you got a fridge full of the right groceries, you're a whole lot more likely to have the right meal two years from now. 
I tell you what, Stone, there's always a couple of uh, FAU bye weeks or they play on Thursday where uh, where I end up going with my wife uh, to tailgate at Canes game. She's a season ticket holder, Josh, and she uh, she's a hardcore Canes fan. And uh, I feel like Pate's getting the invite. If my wife is listening right now, Pate's getting the tailgating invite to uh, whatever open date there is for uh, the Canes this year. I mean, you're damn right he is. <laughs> you're damn right he is. Um, I-, I do want to finish with this. You mentioned NIL, and uh, this was a big rant Uh that made a lot of news on your show, The Late Kick, with Jimbo Fisher. Why was he so mad at you for daring to insinuate that maybe, just maybe, Texas A&M did a good job with NIL? <laughs> Look, so here's the feedback you didn't get to see was us talking to him in the program afterwards. And what I came to realize, I realized it pretty quickly, is it had nothing to do with us. I mean, I tossed him the most softball <laughs> question ever. I just said, hey, what did NIL mean about with your recruiting class? Like, what kind of impact did it have? Well, he had a press conference coming up an hour after that, and he already had his bullet points in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew, I knew when he started pulling his reading glasses out and started <laughs> pulling them off, putting them on, I knew we were in trouble. Uh-huh. And so I just leaned back, I just let him go, and and he goes off the rails. And, and when he said NIL had nothing to do with recruiting, that's when I looked at him a little sideways and I said, "I well, I want you to clarify then, because there's a lot of misconception out there that it was. Why do people think that?" And that's when he really got them out of shape. But they they said afterwards, "Hey." That was good. We appreciate it. There's no hard feeling, ill will, or anything like that. We'll probably have him on again soon, and I'll probably play the tape for him, and he'll laugh about it, I hope. Hey, yeah, I, I, hopefully, right. And, <laughs> hey, if he wants to use you as his test balloon for his NIL talking points, then so be it. It makes your life a lot easier, that's for sure. Uh, Josh Pate, the late kick. Don't miss it. It is, again, like I said, some of the best college football content out there. He's got the late kick pod. You see him on CBS Sports. Josh, really appreciate the time. Really, really good stuff, and we'll talk to you throughout the off season. okay? Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. The late kick with Josh Pate again. Don't miss it. Uh, The late kick pod. And again, Josh and all his work at CBS Sports.